Publisher Podcast, Episode 52. Well, hello, everybody. I'm so sorry that we missed an episode last week. If you were anxiously awaiting the drop of a podcast on Wednesday or sometimes Thursday, as happens recently, um, we were having a lot of fun as a team last week together in Charleston, South Carolina, where we got together for three days and um, worked really hard, did a lot of strategic planning, did a lot of um, the no fun work, like working on procedures and processes and all those fun things, checklists and business stuff. Um, But we had so much fun. We got the opportunity to be together for the first time. Our team is from all over the U.S. So, um, and of course, Lauren lives in Ireland, so she couldn't join us, which we were super bummed about. But we had a great time, and it's it's so good. It's so good to be able to get together, especially with everything that's been going on. But um, uh, came home Wednesday afternoon, had all intentions of recording an epic podcast episode, and I was just tired. And uh, yesterday we had a massive, wonderful launch for Sarah Schwartz with her middle grade book, Game Over Shrink Withers that uh, we're just so happy to have been part of that project. And again, another day went by and I was just like, you know what? It's just not going to happen. But today I had the pleasure of interviewing Heather Vickery and you're going to love this interview. She is so fun and uplifting and uh, we're talking about her new book and her journey to publication and some of her tips. So Her book is available today on Amazon. It's called F Fearless. Um, It's actually F asterisk CK Fearless, Making the Brave Leap by Heather Vickery. Um, And I hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your all right, everybody. I am really excited to bring Heather Vickery on the show today. She and I go way back. I'm not even sure where our paths crossed at some point think, in time. I think it was when you applied to be a guest on my podcast back like three when years ago. you were ago. first starting it. Yeah. And now you're like Superwoman podcast, what, <laughs> like a massive, massive, what, top 10 podcasts and all this kind of yeah. stuff. Top 1.5% global. I'm not mad Woo! at that. That's pretty exciting. That is Don't listen to the Brave Files. <laughs> exciting. Yeah, go listen to the Brave Files. Yes, you can find my interview on there. Um, one of the first ones that she did. <laughs> so Seriously. Weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's fair. Congratulations. I'm I'm really proud for uh, proud of you and happy for you because listen, I can tell you just watching my little numbers just kind of barely ratchet up. I'm like, it's a lot of work and effort. We should do another interview just on how to grow a podcast for all the folks in the audience, including me, who want tips on um on growing their podcasts. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll get to talk about that at your summit, but I don't know. Like, yes. Um, yes, you will. <laughs> you will. Surprise, you're a speaker in the summit. <laughs> and we will talk about podcasting. So yes. Um, okay. But today we're talking about 
your life as an author. And um, today is October 28th, not as we're recording, but as you're listening. Um, it's actually, we're only one day ahead of it. This is this is just our world right now, right? <laughs> so <laughs> on October 28th, your book, F Fearless, it's the real word, but, but this is a non-cursing podcast. So. Making the brave leap, right? Yes. yes making the yes. brave leap. Making yeah. the brave leap. And this is your third book, right? It is my third book, although I feel, well, technically, if we want to count the one we did together, it's the fourth. Oh, that's right. Um, that's right. Because you were in our Lose the Cape book on um, social activism. Whoop, whoop. Yep, yep. Uh, but it's the first full book that I've done. So the first two are books that are attached to gratitude journals. One is for kids and families and one is for adults. So this is the first, you know, 320 page, wrote it all book. All the stuff. Holy moly, is it a different experience? (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And y'all, I totally forgot to tell you a little, let me tell you a little bit about Heather so that as we get into talking about her book, you'll understand her background. So she's an award-winning business owner and global leader with over 20 years as an entrepreneur. She leverages her entrepreneurial skills and expertise to coach individuals towards greater personal and professional fulfillment by helping them leverage their fear into intentional bravery. And so with the podcast where you're talking about the brave files, you feature people who have overcome really big things and had to be be brave in their lives. Yeah. The way I usually phrase it is they've stepped out of fear and into bravery because I this notion of overcoming fear feels laughable to me. Because we're always afraid, right? We're Who's always afraid, afraid of something. <laughs> and that's why the book is called F Fearless. Right. And it's spelled out in all big letters. There is an asterisk there. And that's there is an there. asterisk. That's right. Um, <laughs> because society sells us this BS line that, oh, that the successful people, the leaders are somehow fearless. And that if you want to be one of those people, you right. have to be fearless. That is not freaking true, right? We have fear. We feel fear. Sometimes fear saves our lives. Fear is a natural, normal human emotion. And fear is the only thing that enables us to be brave. We can only be brave when we deal with our fear. Yeah. yeah, That's an excellent point. And I mean, you, you, you mentioned it in your, in your bio as well, that you're a single mom of four girls, which I'm one of four girls. So always special place in my heart for moms of four girls. Where are you in the lineup? I'm three. Okay. Number three. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Little unruly. You know, by the <laughs> yes. time you, you're not the baby, but by the time you get to number three, people just forget about you. So, you know, you uh, kind of do your own not, thing. Not my third. She is big and, and takes up a lot of presence. You don't forever forget she's in the room, but I don't think anyone ever forgets you're in the room either. Alex. That's true. We have to, we have to make ourselves big because nobody remembers us otherwise. Right. <laughs> um, and you, you in your own personal life, I mean, made you've well just what you're doing just being an entrepreneur is is you know taking on fear and every single day <laughs> i think like but in your own life you know leaving your decade long marriage coming out having that new relationship i can't even imagine what that was like i'm sure you had to field many 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 inappropriate questions <laughs> <laughs> you know there it's funny the inappropriate questions 
that's a, that's a funny, most people were great. The most inappropriate question I got was really recently. I was at a podcasting conference in August and went out to dinner one night with a couple of guys who are in the podcast industry that I'm friends with or whatever. And we were talking about my kids. And one of them said, how did you get your kids? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I turned to him and he's a straight white man who's married with kids. And I turned to him and I said, how did you get your kids? And he was so verklempt. And, and he was like, I don't, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, well, I, I had sex with my wife and she had a baby. And I'm like, oh, okay. He was like, was that an inappropriate question? And I'm like, yeah, that was an inappropriate question. Like if it's not okay, if it's, if it's weird to ask you that it's weird to ask me that. Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a great way of phrasing it. If you would not appreciate if someone else asked you how your children came to be, then maybe you shouldn't ask that question either. Yeah. And for the oh record, I birthed them all vaginally. And now at 46, <laughs> I pay for it. So, <laughs> uh, Sorry for the few men who are, who may be listening oh, to this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> if you're that afraid of that, then I don't know how that's to help true. you folks. We got to stop right there. If that's, if that's, the, if that's the scariest <laughs> part we're talking about. That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, but this is Heather, right? This is you. This is who you this are. Is you, me. you are unapologetically you. You use the F word in your book title. Like that's just, <laughs> it is. If you don't like lesbians and the F word, my book is not for you and that's okay. <laughs> well, we like you. So that's okay, good. Thank you. Um, I like you at least, <laughs> but oh my goodness. I don't know why I referred to myself as a we there, but well, hopefully know. everybody will. You could all message Alexa and say, I like her too. I like her That's too. Right. Okay. That's right. That's <laughs> right. So, you know, big book launch day today, your first full book. I was reviewing your Amazon page and you've gotten some incredible pre-early reviews, editorial yes. reviews from people. Um, so that must feel really good because even though you're writing a book about being brave and making the brave <laughs> leap, I'm sure. Well, let me just ask you, is this terrifying for you? So terrifying. <laughs> it's so terrifying. Although I think the most terrifying phase was in the developmental editing phase. Mm. Uh, Cause I wrote it and I actually wrote it, it during NaNoWriMo. Uh, oh, good for which, you. See, which is great. If people are like, I'm a nonfiction writer. Can I do that? Can I do nano? Well, clearly you can. You can. Yes. Uh, they call me a rebel, but that wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. You can totally do nonfiction. You can do whatever. I'm pushing my boundaries with it this year too. And I'm actually struggling to make myself commit to it this year, but I think I will. So I wrote it all in November and then I had these big grand ideas that it was going to release in the spring, except I legit did not pick it back up again until June. (laughs) I didn't even look at it. And then in June, I'm like, oh my God. And I wrote it on Scrivener, which was a cluster. I don't know if you recommend Scrivener or if people use Scrivener, but when I went to export it, yeah, a bunch of stuff got eaten and it was- yeah. So Scrivener is a great tool if you've done the work to learn how to use Scrivener and, (laughs) and because it's, it's not, it's like, you have to learn how to use Scrivener, but you know, it's so funny um, on that topic of writing a book and organization, like it so depends on how you do it. Like I thought I was setting myself up for wonderful success with my book. I was like, I'm going to write every chapter in a Google doc, and then I'm just going to be able to compile them all. And it's going to be amazing, but I didn't 
I didn't really account for the fact that every time I did revisions with my writing coach, I would save a new Google doc. And I, and I, and I, um, like, I did not think this through when I was naming them. So I've got like, it doesn't say, you know, chapter one, revision one or version two or anything. It's all just like organized by dates so that she wouldn't. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have 17 versions of chapter one. Oh shit. That, oh, sorry. That's all right. That's That's hard for me. Um, That's not a hard rule, but it's important to really think about those sorts of things. Yes. Yes. And so I had to move it all into Google docs. I worked with developmental editing. Actually had a, I loved my developmental editor. She made this much more fun than I anticipated. Her name is Allie Chambers and she doesn't know her in New Zealand, but now she's was she was in the UK at the time. Now she's in New Zealand. Uh, she's a little sassy and spicy. Mm. So she worked out really well for me. She also loved my book, right? She like really believed in it. And she said, you know, we, we find things that we didn't know we needed. And, Mm. and she's like, this is resonating with me right now, but she was great at saying, this is dry. You need a joke here. Like, this is not you know, this isn't landing. We need more of a story. And, and I would go, I don't know how to write that story. She said, well, just talk to me about it. And then she'd write a draft that would be a great start. And then I would fix it. Right. That's so a she wonderful really, developmental editor. It was amazing. <laughs> it was really what I needed. Um, because I get, I get blank page phobia. Like if uh-huh. you say, here, look uh-huh. at this blank page and write about X, uh-huh. Y, and Z, Heather. I go, I don't know anything about X, Y, and Z, even if I talk about it all day long. Right. So that was really helpful. And then, oh my God, the, the, the proofreading process. <laughs> I, 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 I was not prepared for how exhausting that was and how you even found, we thought we were all done and you found an error. We were able to ke- <laughs> fix it at the very last minute. Uh, but it's like, man, so I can't promise that there are no errors. I don't, and you shouldn't, you should, I mean, I mean, like even, I mean, I remember I was reading a fiction book by like a well, well well-known famous fiction author. And just at one point, I remember remarking that the word wine didn't have an E, so it was win. And here's (laughs) the thing about once you're in the book industry, like things like that will like, here I am, this was three years ago and I'm still talking about it, but edit mistakes do happen. I mean, so it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we have done our best effort. I probably edited and proofed and reread it literally 25 times. And the best tip that I got, because my partner released a book exactly a month ago, her book came out one month ago. She's been on the bestseller charts every week for four weeks. Her book book is called uh, inclusion 360. And it's a diversity and inclusion book. It's nudges and inclusion for folks in the corporate space. Very nice. And, and okay. it's really good. Um, but she said, here is my best tip. When we've got final layout and we and you print it, right? You proof and proof and proof on your computer, but right. you've got to eventually print it because it, Absolutely. it reads differently. Yes. Um, she said, edit it from the back forward. Oh. So I, that way, because because you, if you're reading forward, you so know what it's supposed to say yes, that you yes, miss yes. content. Yes. You're going backwards and then you just read each section backwards. It, w- it was very, very helpful. 
That's a great tip. I, I, I feel like somebody gave me that tip a long time ago and I've never implemented it yet, but yes, um, just putting it out of its normal order. Cause like you said, your brain just goes to what you already expect. I love that. Um, yes. Proofreading is hard, especially with the book, as long as yours is, I mean, not that I mean that in a good way, it's crammed full of such wonderful content, which we haven't even discussed yet, which we will in a second. <laughs> Thank you. But I want to speak to that. Cause I, I, it is long, it's 320 page book, but I was really intentional. I do not like to read long chapters as a reader. Mm-hmm. And I'm an avid reader. I've read 86 books already this year. I'll probably finish up through my 90th book this weekend, because that's just the way that I read. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it is fun. I don't want any prizes for it, but I'm just saying I read (laughs) a lot and I can't stand long chapters. And I find that I read a lot more if it's like, oh, this, this chapter is only four pages. I'll read this. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just do the next one and the next one. So I was really thoughtful about keeping these sections bite site. So there's, you know, it's a very personal experiences, very memoir-like. And then I have case studies. I call those brave spotlights where I feature clients and podcast guests who really emulate this work that I'm talking about. And then also sections that I call brave in action, brave action, where you can go out now go do this thing for yourself. uh, And we'll talk about what that means, but I've tried to make this long book a very quick read. And I have gotten the feedback that it does feel that way. Well, that's what I was going to share with you is that um, I I have a hard time with long chapters too. One, I have ADHD and two, I just like, it's a, it's a, it's a mental thing. Like if I'm scrolling through and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's 16 pages left of this chapter. It makes me tired. But I I was going to tell you that I thought I loved the way that you broke it into small because we're busy and your target audience is people like me. I feel like generally speaking bite-sized bits. Like I need it. I need that. It helps me feel like I can keep on going as well. And then the, the way it was organized to, you know, the, the information, the storytelling, the feature of someone. So you get a feel of like how this is implemented and then the action steps. I mean, I, I really, really appreciated the layout in general, the organization. That was something that I always knew was going to be very important. And when I sent the book to beta readers, they felt, I got great feedback and most of it was positive. I got some that we was very wonderful, critical feedback that we were able to implement, but lots of people felt like it was a disconnect. And I said, you got to just trust me because this is going to work in the, it's the layout that's going to make this work. Yeah. And, and it does. And I have the best layout designer on the planet. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about the brave method and, you know, why first, the, the first question is what, what made you want to write this book now? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. Um, It was just time. I So the BRAVE method, and I'm going to tell you all exactly what it is and, and how it helps you, but in retrospect in my life, these steps were the steps that got me through all of those dark times. I literally burned my entire life to the ground and rebuilt it on my own terms. Uh, everything truly coming out, getting a divorce, buying my own house for the first time in my adult life, closing a thriving, successful business to open one that was more aligned and heart centered for me, just to get, getting involved with a new partner, moving in with her, like all yeah. of these things were happening. And I started to recognize when I was really paying attention that 
that these were sort of clumped into different categories. And I was following these steps repeatedly. And I had already decided like brave was my thing. I always tell people like brave is my business, that there's this one pivotal moment in my life. You know, I had known that I was married to the wrong gender for a couple of years. And then my then husband knew and we tried to make it work because you don't, as you know, Alexa, we don't get married to get divorced. Right, right. We try really hard not to do that. Right. And sometimes we have to do it anyway. And I was trying so hard to make my life work for everyone else that I wasn't making it work for me. Oh, that resonates really hard, really hard right yeah. now. <laughs> big love, big love to you. And I lived a fear-based life. Everything I did was fear-based until this one moment at the breakfast table with my four daughters and they were little, the baby was a baby. And I thought, God, this sucks so bad. What would I tell them to do if they came to me? Because I would never want to see my daughters experiencing what I'm experiencing. And it was then that I knew I would not say, well, suck it up, deal with it, live with it. I would say, go out and own the world. Yeah. The world deserves you to play big. And then I realized, oh my God, if I want them to do this, I have to show them how I have to do this, but it unlocked something in me. And I really, in that moment, instantly, I went from fear-based to what is possible if to believing in trying and that's brave, that's bravery. And I was like, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to intentionally choose to be brave and not fearless because I am terrified, but we're going to do these things. And I started consciously choosing things, ways to be brave right away. Some of them were dumb. I mean, whatever. I have a musical theater degree and a friend had a musical review and I got up on stage and sang in front of hundreds of people after 25 years of not singing. And I was not very good. Let's be clear. You will not find evidence of this on the internet. I have taken it all down, but I did the thing. And, and then it was the more obvious brave things. And then fast forward a few years later, I was actually a guest on uh, another podcast. And he said, how do we put this together for you? Like, how do you, how do you make all these steps a system? And I'm like, oh, why didn't I think of that? And we ended up at the brave method, which is a creative and strategic approach to problem solving and designing and building a life that you freaking love and a business that goes with it, right? We, we are taught that we should bend ourselves over backwards to make our lives work with our jobs. Right. with our companies. Right. And that is not the healthiest, happiest way to do this life thing. Make your life work and fit your business in. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not saying like only work when you want to, but you know, <laughs> find a way to love it. And, and there's a, there's, that's a very nuanced thing to do. Um, but it's designed to, to, to meet you wherever you are. And it's going to be different every day, every month, because you're different every day or every month. And so BRAVE is an acronym and it stands for boundaries, what I call the three R's, reassessment, reframing, and resilience, action and accountability, vulnerability, and then expand and empower. And those first four steps are super interchangeable. You're gonna use them in all sorts of different ways. And then probably if you really read this book and you internalize it, probably in ways you maybe haven't even imagined. Yeah. 
which is awesome in, in every aspect of your life. It's really a 360 approach. That fifth letter though, the E, that's your result. By showing up and doing this work, you will expand and empower yourself. And let me just talk to that for one second. We see, especially in the self-help coaching world, and I'm a coach, so listen, I get it. We see people say, I empower women to X, or I empower people to X. No, they don't. <laughs> Empowerment is an inside job. Right. You are the only person that can empower you. And when you do this type of work with thought and intention, and you show up for yourself, that's how you expand and empower. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great point. And I think it's one of the things I think it's left out of the coaching sphere a lot is that idea that like, that, um, what's what I'm looking for, like almost permission, like permission to be the one who is the one responsible for the change. You know, I think we go to coaches a lot of times and we expect a coach is going to magically go make us better, you know, but, uh, we make us better, right? Coaches exactly. coach, exactly. They, guide, they lead, but we're the only ones that can make ourselves better. Yeah. And I, I tell it. my clients that all the time and I appreciate it. it's, I, I love positive feedback. Are you kidding me? It's awesome. When they come in and they say, I did this because of you. And I said, no, you did this because of you. And I'm really glad I got to be part of your journey, but you are the one that did the work. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Well, if anybody's looking for a coach, what, you know what? Okay. So first of all, let's talk <laughs> about two things. Who is the best person to read your book and who is the best and who are the types of, of people that you like to coach? Yeah. But they would be so, the same person. Maybe. I don't know. Are, Sometimes readers are different than, than, you know, <clears throat> they are sort of the same person. Um, I would imagine people earlier in their process will really resonate well with the book. And when mm -hmm. I say their process, it's really for folks who are tired of not doing the thing they want to, they want to own their life. They want to feel good. They want to be in control and they're tired of following all the protocols that everybody else has set up for them that don't work for them. Mm -hmm. Um, the book is not it, my, my case studies often talk about entrepreneurs. I was very thoughtful, intentional. In fact, I had one beta reader who I said, I just want you to look through the book and make sure that it's not going to be exclusionary to people who are not entrepreneurs. And so she uh -huh. helped me tweak that. So you do not have to be an entrepreneur, uh, but it, it will really resonate with that from a client perspective. It's probably somebody who's an entrepreneur. It's right. probably somebody who's been in business for a couple of years and is looking to transform and expand. And here's what happens, right? As we start businesses and we are solopreneurs, mostly out of necessity, unless you started with a partnership and we go as far as we can. And mm -hmm. then those of us who want to thrive say, oh, I can't do this on my own anymore. And we need help. Right. And that's usually when people come to me. So I think the book is probably for people who are just starting to explore this, but also for people who, who have done it. One, one of my other beta readers has been a client of mine for two whole years. And she was like, oh my God, I can't stop doing it. Like I, ha I, I have to have this. I love this. I'm doing the work that you've been doing with me for two years in a different way now. <laughs> so you can be anywhere on the journey. Um, but you're, but but you're tired of dealing with the bullshit. Yeah. 
I know lots of people who are in that place and space. So if that describes you and you're listening to this podcast, you can. <laughs> and you go, like bad words and lesbians. And you, <laughs> um, you can you can go over to Amazon and look for F Fearless, Making the Brave Leap and Heather Vickery. But before I let you go, I do want to know, like, for the four other people writing similar, we have a lot of people writing self-help or they're entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. writing business books, writing, writing things to help others. What do you have one or two tips that you would give to those people who are kind of in the process right now? Oh, sure. I would say the very first thing is right. Mm, yes. <laughs> that sounds dumb, but get out of your head and get out of your way and write. And if you're like me and you have a phobia of a blank page, start with an outline. That's what I did. I just, that's what I tell all my clients. (laughs) I just bullet pointed all of my ideas. And then I started writing about them and then I rearranged them. Well, I did my developmental editor did. She was like, these don't make sense like this. Let's move these things around. Right. (laughs) Don't worry about that part. Um, and I mean, this is not new everyone says this, but just write and get your messy first draft out Mm -hmm. because that then you'll know that, that you can, it's just having that content out so much easier to pull things out and rearrange it later. Uh, But also I would set yourself a timeline. I think this is, would have been really, I ended up doing it, but I did it too late. I wish before I'd started writing I had said, because I knew I was going to write a book that I wanted to publish. I wish I had set myself a more concrete timeline so that we could have released a little bit earlier in the year. But I also, and I talk about this in the book, I also give myself a lot of grace. Things happen the way they're supposed to. The universe conspires on my behalf. I believe that to be true. But timelines and deadlines help us stay accountable and stay in motion. And that doesn't mean you can't change it. If you, if you really need to, you can change it. But what happens when we don't have those timelines and those deadlines is we just put things off forever because yeah. we don't have any touch points. So create those for yourself. I agree. I think it's, it's really great to have um, a, a reasonable deadline for publication. I mean, don't try and. Which is not try. three months. <laughs> right. It's not three take months. Six weeks to get it up on Amazon from Ingram Spark. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you need the time in your process for all the things. But you also, um, you got some really great um, endorsements for your book. I was just looking at, um, I saw Denise's um, in there. That's pretty big name. Nice one to have on there and some other great ones. So um, do you have any advice? People are always asking how to get endorsements. Y'all, you've got to ask for them. That is the only, every endorsement I've got. I took a big old deep breath and I put my shoulders back and I sucked in all of my fear and I reached out via email or text. Some of these people I actually know. And I said, would you read my book for me and give me an endorsement, please? (laughs) (laughs) And they said, what? And I said, would you be willing to read my book and give me an endorsement if you like it? And they all said, yeah, Yeah. I would love to. And some of them, Denise was one of them said, I'll have it back to you in 24 hours. And some of them wow. took four weeks and a lot of begging, yeah. right? And so you never know what you're going to get. Give yourself a good lead time on it. I was really intentional um, about only putting 
executives and and C-suite folks Mm -hmm. on the back of my hardcover, Mm -hmm. but we've got all the rest on the inside. And then on the back of the paperback, which is not going to come out for another month, um, I only have one quote and I probably didn't pick the one y'all expected me to pick. So there you go. All right. Well, that's a little teaser there. Why did you decide (laughs) to hold off on the paperback version? Um, really interesting question. I (laughs) like hardbacks. I think they're fun. Although let's be really transparent there. You're not, nobody's making any money off of a hardback. If you've actually done the math, (laughs) (laughs) 92 cents is what, what what we earn on the hardcover book that I was looking at the other day, um, for one of our authors, I was like, are you flipping kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, no, you don't, because they're really like this Mm. book, which I, my list price is is $27.99. It cost me $12 to print Mm -hmm. this book. Mm -hmm. And then if you go through a distributor, they're taking 40, 50% of your profit. Mm -hmm. So there's no, we're not getting rich here. Right. But I really, it was totally vain. I wanted a hardback book and (laughs) I'm excited about it. I love it. It's special. And, and it's not about money. Would I love to become a New York times bestseller and make a lot of money, but they don't, I was recently listening to Phoebe Robinson's book that one of her older books that I love her stuff. And she's like, y'all think that writers are really rich, but my <laughs> book costs 1199 and you bought your cup or you got your copy from the library because I saw a picture on Instagram. Like we're not getting rich here. <laughs> so <true. laughs> right. So, um, I did it because I wanted to tear it also gives me an opportunity to do a second launch. It will not be like this one. And this has been amazing and fun and hella exhausting. Uh, but it'll release in time for people to choose which version they want, if they want to buy holiday gifts or do whatever. Uh, And it just sort of keeps me in top of mind as I get to say, Oh, now we're releasing the paperback. Yes. Well, I ordered a hardcover because I too like hardbound versions of books like that, of business books. They're just, there's something nice about them. And they look there so is. much prettier on your shelves. And I yours do. is a really nice cover. I do like Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. It was yeah. really fun coming up with the, the visual design for that. It's inspired by my corporate branding, but yes. it is not an exact match, but it just keeps sort of my stuff consistent across the board. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I remember because you're you have the orange kind of triangly things in your first journal, right? Am I remembering that correctly? It's been a few yeah. years. Actually, I think you were like, I don't think that's the right cover. Do you remember I that? I like your cover. I'll be honest. It's squares, not triangles. <laughs> well, it's there's some triangles in there. Geometric shapes. It's but, a, it's, a, it's yeah. But you did a good job of explaining to me why. And once you told me why, I was like, all right, that makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and so people are like, why? But Alexa was suggesting that I, I feminize it a little bit more. Uh, and the colors are very feminine, but the design right. is, is geometric. And, um, I, I really try not to gender things. Right. A, and that makes commitment it, that I have. Yeah. Great point. And in my yeah. mind, I was thinking when you said you were doing a journal, I'm thinking of all the journals, you know, your normal journals, you go to the store and they're all flowers. They're all flowers mm-hmm. and hearts and things like this. And it's not really your journal. And, and what do we think of the assumption that only girls and women journal and you would be amazed the number of people who say to me, Oh, I'm going to buy your gratitude journal for me and my daughter. And I know they have sons. And I say, why in the world would you not want to practice gratitude with 
your, your son. son. Yeah. Think about that for a minute, folks. Gratitude is for everyone. Journaling is for everyone. Don't gender and, you know, that if stuff. we as women ever want to really get rid of these gender stereotypes and, and have men that don't, you know, feel all the things that people are saying about boys being boys and all that kind of stuff, then you have to actually do stuff with them like journaling and gratitude practice. That's right. <laughs> yep. That's right. And I love that. I love that about you. And I love that about me that we you can give our ideas back and forth and you can defend your stuff and tweak when it feels necessary to tweak, but also hold your ground writers. Like you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And usually when it comes to artistic stuff, I go with the, with the author's instinct almost unless it's like, awful. no, (laughs) no, not going to happen. I am not associating my company name with that. And luckily that's never happened, but generally, I mean, yeah, this is, I mean, you know, your audience, you know, your, your dreams, you know, all that kind of stuff. And a cover is so important because Mm -hmm. it tells people what to expect. And my cover is, is big and loud and fun and flirty. And that's definitely what you get in my book. And, and you want that, you want people to walk by and see it and feel a connection to it. And that connection is, can only come from you. Tell everybody the name of your journal again. My journals are shift your focus and grow grateful. And they're one is for gratitude with children. And one is for gratitude with uh, adults, adults for adults. Adults. Yeah. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll include the links to all of those things in the show notes of this, but it's been so good catching up with you. I, I, we shouldn't, we shouldn't go so long in between uh, conversations. Agreed. Agreed. It's so good to see you and catch up. And I know, um, there's just a lot of moving parts right now, but uh, I appreciate you are taking the time to bring me on to your nice. audience of more than 50 people. And, um, <laughs> and I appreciate your love and support of the book and your endorsement of the book. It means a lot, especially, you know, it means like you're the second publisher who also endorsed the book. And I'm incredibly nice. proud of that because neither of you published my book. I self-published my book. That's right. So That's right. Heather is not a client of mine, by the way, in case anyone thought she was, we are just friends. Yeah. Yeah. With mutual so, respect. That means a lot. It means a lot that other publishers read and like my book and are willing to endorse it, even if it's not one of one of their books. Yeah, it's good. You did you did a good job. It's well done. It's well done. Thank it looks you. nice. It reads nice. I only found the one error. So yeah. I fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck today on launch day. I hope it's wonderful. Launch days are always very special and um exhausting, but fun and wonderful. Yes. and um, we we will we will I will actually get to talk to you again soon because you'll be participating in the conference yay I can't wait I'm so excited so don't decide for everyone else what they're going to think of of your product your book or your podcast Mm. or whatever right just put your stuff out there and do your very best job and the right people will find you Oh my gosh. That's such a great, that is such a great ending message for us as authors. Cause we get so wrapped up in the, what if no one buys my book? What if no one reads my book? What if no one reviews my book that we shut ourselves down from the possibilities that can happen being so wrapped up in the fear. Yeah. So we're going to not be afraid and we're going to make the, the brave leap and yes. everyone go get the book on Amazon and come see her and talk about podcasting and the women in publishing summit. 
Awesome. Yay. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.